Hey, Jake. I like video games. Well, hey, Tony. I like video games, too. Well, welcome, everyone, to a live episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, hey, I like that game. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Jake. That's all right. I was, I was, I was thinking of maybe trying to do like a, an SNL thing. So it's like, uh-huh. like live game live. Um, welcome, not welcome to Hey, I like that game. <laughs> Featuring, Featuring Tony. Featuring Jake. With a guest appearance by Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> He's here, actually, probably somewhere in New York. I, I bet he is. And you know what? I love Bobby Moynihan. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Moynihan, official sponsor of Hey, I Like That Game. That's <laughs> true. Just his, his personal brand. <laughs> How you doing, Jake? I'm doing all right, Tony. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, dude. I'm doing good. What uh, What video games have you been playing lately? Video games? Okay, so I have been playing... A bunch of games, you know, a lot of lot of games being played at this point in time because there's a lot more time inside of you playing games. There are three I want to talk about. They'll be relatively quick. So um, the June PS4 free game or PS Plus free game was uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. So that was a game I just didn't feel like picking up. I uh, didn't want to pay for so it was free which is exactly how much i was going to pay for it so i downloaded that mm-hmm. um the single player in that game is terrible uh the <laughs> writing is bad and the ai sucks and like you know how in the older game it would basically be like here's what star wars battlefront is the single player is just like dumb stuff set in that game mode yeah, yeah and this yeah. tries to do almost like a call of duty-esque thing but like the ai is so bad they just run at you in a straight line. Okay. Just ready to get mowed down, which is wild because like in actual like domination game mode or like the standard game mode, when the AI are in it, they yeah. do an all right. Like they're actually all rightly programmed, but just in single player, it's terrible. Plus the writing is so, okay. It, it takes, you are a like elite squad of stormtroopers who are defecting after the second death star gets blown up okay so you you're like on the empire for that whole part Mm -hmm. and then after the second death star go gets blown up you go to like some admiral who has orders from the empire to like deploy this secret plan and the secret plan is just use a bunch of satellite lasers to blow a planet which is just like they keep fucking doing that is that just their only plan ever did they have a fallback did they have like some occupation strategy or is it always just blow up a planet I... and then the like defining moment is like two members of the squad are like whoa they're blowing up a whole planet the empire's gone too far this time i'm like there's been two death stars what the hell are you <laughs> talking about <laughs> they, they consistently do the same thing <laughs> And now the third time, well, third time, you know, fool me three times. <laughs> shame on, shame on me. Um, so it's super dumb. It's super not fun. So I did not play a whole lot of it, but I have been playing the multiplayer, which is, it's a, it's a fun multiplayer experience because mm-hmm. Battlefront, um, like the old Battlefronts are super cool and it has that same gameplay style. Um, and just being able to have more human characters in there is super cool. And having a bit more diversity in the classes is really cool. Um, it does feel like some of the 
like factions are more strong than others like the empire just always seems stronger than the rebellion yeah because like the special units they get are just i think better yeah um there are too many people playing as heroes at once which i get they want to give people the opportunity to do that yeah but if you're it seems like if people are like decent playing as one of the hero characters or Jedi, they can essentially survive the entire game. Wow. And really? it's not like a whole lot of fun having like four different Jedi running around at once. Yeah. Um, some of the matches can run kind of long, but like all in all, I've been having a real fun time playing that online and I got it for free. So perfect. Nice. Nice. You and I played, did we play did we, yeah, we played. Yeah, we played, we played very briefly. I was having, I was, <clears throat> I was trying to play it through remote play uh, on my PlayStation, on my PC. Mm-hmm. And I was having some really weird controller issues that mm-hmm. I think, I, I honestly think my PS4 controller, one of them is busted. So uh, I switched to another one and it's, and it's been fine uh, now, but yeah, we should play some of that game. Cause I mean, yeah. more of that game. Cause I only played maybe two or three matches with you. Um, and it seems fine. It seems fine. It's, fine. It's, a, it's a fun, fun way to kill time online. I it uh, is it, like... it is a great story though that EA was able to bring it around, right? I mean, that was one of like the biggest snafus and and uh, gaming oh yeah gaming launch history at least where you know most it, disliked comment in Reddit history. <laughs> yeah, right. Like just not great. Um, I thought they were just gonna abandon that game, but they didn't. You know, they they went back to not to the drawing board, but they refigured like all of the monetization. Like they kind of made that right. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's cool. But like, hey, don't do that the first time. <laughs> right. Not, yeah. No. Maybe you wouldn't have had all that shit happen if you just like not been crappy about it. Yeah, but yeah it, it's good, and I mean, I still wouldn't have actually paid money for it, but um, glad it's been it. it's been neat though. Yeah, cool. Then, um, other game I've been playing is um, Age of Empires Two Definitive Edition. I know, we've been talking about was, this a lot. Was, yeah, so I've been playing this a lot with uh, Andrew and Brendan, previous friends and uh, co-hosts of yeah. the podcast, friends of the show, and friends of the show, friends of the pod. <laughs> They've been, um, it's been really fun to play. This is the first. Not the first time, but like I've invested a lot more effort into getting good at this RTS than sure. I have other games. Like, I mean, of course, I played Age of Empires 2 before. It's a classic in uh, RTSs. And I mean, it's been re-released once before. And this is like a like an actual like revamping. Like they've uh, redone a lot of the graphics um, and like rebalanced it. There's patches and whatnot every so often to tinker with stuff. Um, so I've been learning like different build orders, strategies, making sure I'm using the hotkeys and stuff for that. And it is a lot more fun to play than to kind of like casually click around and like always turtle up. Um, it makes it a lot more gauging, engaging, and it's been really fun to play with friends. I've, we've only been playing like as a team versus AI because Mm -hmm. I just, I never want to play against another human being in that game. That just sounds like so fucking exhausting maybe i'll get to that point eventually like but just right now i don't too much i just like playing against computer i like it being a cooperative game instead of competitive game but like being able to really dig into it and like seeing the results from learning build orders and better strategies and like actually using the hotkeys it's kind of like invigorating my desire to play rts's in general again that's great so i might might play a bit more around with those i won't make you play another one yet but another one's definitely in the pipeline at some point shit yeah (laughs) then the oh god 
I was just going to say, at some point, I will like an RTS. I, I've known numerous people that like don't like that genre or don't like a genre in particular. And mm-hmm. you just keep trying it. Eventually, one's going to stick. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i not looking forward to it, but I'll, it'll be fine. I think I'll, the, last, the one we played, Total Annihilation, I mean, it was older. It was a bit more opaque, but... I think when I make you play another one, it'll be more a bit more curated. Uh, Not that I don't like Total Annihilation. I love Total Annihilation, but yeah, like yeah, a yeah. lot of that is, a lot of my like of that game comes from having played it a lot when that was like the a bigger thing. RTS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. What was the last thing you were gonna talk about? Last uh, game I played a lot of. I haven't played recently, but I've played it since the last episode. Um, did I talk about this last time? Fire Emblem Three Houses? We talked about it a little bit, but not, not much. Yeah, so I played a lot more of it. It's um it's pretty it's fun. Like the stuff outside the battling they do in like your campus area um is pretty fun. Um there's like some fun mini games and allows you to get to know the characters a bit more than mm-hmm. you do in other Fire Emblem games, so you feel like more attachment to it. But it allows you to optimize and level up your team. And I say but because, like, it lets you do it to a point that is, I think, extreme. Um, a little much. And I, I should have played a higher difficulty. I think I played, like, classic difficulty. Like, you know, permadeath is on and everything. Yep. But I, I, I think after the first... I, like once you like really feel like you've got your footing in that game, which if you played Fire Emblem games before, you know it takes a second for you to feel like you've really like started playing the game and you're like on your own going through it. Mm-hmm. But like definitely by the time I got to that game, I never really had to fear for anybody's life at all. Um, so I mean, it's it's it was fun because it's Fire Emblem and I think Fire Emblem games are fun, but it got too easy to a point where it just got dull. I haven't finished it. I don't think I will finish it. Oh wow! Maybe I'll pick it up. I mean, I've still played, like, shit, like, 20-plus hours in it. I haven't... I But, like, the story isn't enough to get me to the end. I might pick it up when I feel like a strategy game, like a turn-based strategy game like that later. But if I do, I'm going to start a new game, and I'm going to start it at a higher difficulty. Sure. I, I hear in that game there's, like, a moment where, like, a big twist or change happens. Did you get to that yeah, point at least? Okay. I did. The time okay. skip. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, that, I was going to say, like... Hey, just keep going. At least get to that point because that's the part that I hear a lot of people say, like, "Oh, this is this gets really cool and really even more engaging." Then, but you know, yeah, I mean, it does get really cool. And there's like you get to fight giant monsters a lot more frequently than you would in other games. And mm-hmm. It's like neat. There's like giant wolves and like crazy like Dark Souls looking monsters with weird masks on and whatnot and dragons and shit. Like it's cool. I like that it gets like super high fantasy, right? More so than a lot of other um, Fire Emblem gets. I mean, it gets more bonkers than other Fire Emblem gets. I mean, you still fight dragons and shit in other Fire Emblems, but I don't know, it's, it's definitely cool, and I wish it were a bit more engaging there. It didn't get to a point where it felt sort of tedious, like it does right now. Um, but I mean, still, you know, very solid game. Um, if you're at all a veteran of Fire Emblem games, though, just start at a higher difficulty. I know it's daunting, uh, especially like if you've played earlier Fire Emblem games, where if you play on the normal difficulty, shit's already hard. Yep, yep. <laughs> but um, I definitely recommend up in the up in the difficulty if you're at all familiar with strategy games or Fire Emblem in specific. Cool. Yeah, I've I've heard that about the game that you need to play it on a harder difficulty level for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
yep, yep. We'll check it out though. Well, what about you, Tony? What have you been playing? Playing all sorts of stuff. Um, the first one I wanted to shout out, there was the Steam Summer Games Jam, I think it was. It was Hell two, yeah. It was like two weeks ago, I want to say now. But uh, I just want to say, played some Windjammers too. I played that demo. Uh, it only had a handful of characters. It was mostly like a server test for like the online netcode. And yeah. um, that was kind of rough, unfortunately. Like the, the netcode seemed kind of rough. Like I still, all of the games were functional. Um, but there were times where it hitched really bad. Um, but that's where mm-hmm. they do these tests, right? So like, um, I have no doubts that the game's going to be great. It still played awesome. Uh, the times I got into like a really good connection match, um, mm-hmm. the, the new elements that they're adding to the game with the meter and the drop shots and the jump. Like I, I love all of that stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm still incredibly excited for this game. I can't wait till it comes out. Um, but definitely want to shout out Windjammers 2. Uh, that demo is out there. I think it's down now. So unfortunately, uh, you can't go back and play it retroactively. But they get, mm. they haven't announced an out, uh, a release date for it yet, which is unfortunate. But um, it's supposed to be sometime this year. So okay, that would be one of those awesome, like, just out of nowhere announcements. Like, hey, Windjammers 2, just go get it right now. That would be amazing. But um, yeah, but that's, I, that's, I think that's really cool that the, uh, the updates have added to it like it seems like one of those games where i mean it's definitely fun and dynamic but adding a bit more complexity to it would make it too deep to play mm-hmm. um but it would add like that fun extra factors to, to consider and like strategize with right and it seems like none of them are, are all too broken either like the jump like i it seems like at least at least to me as like an uh a, a non-expert windjammers player it seems like you don't have to necessarily use it to get um your maximum value it's not like something like oh if this person uses this technique against me they're just automatically gonna win it, it's not like that it's just like another mm-hmm. level of mind game that you can add into your repertoire um but it, it's cool I, I, when jammers 2 continues to be uh the game i'm most looking forward to this year um so the next two things I want to talk about are a really small game. So I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode or not, but there was this bundle for racial justice and equality uh, that was yeah. ran through itch, itch.io that has you know over 1,700 pieces of content in there, whether it's video games, tabletop RPGs, music, assets, all of that stuff, just all sorts of crazy stuff was in this bundle. And I bought it, started going mm-hmm. through stuff, and I, I've started to play some of the things in there. And I want to talk about two things in particular. Uh, the first is Babysitter Bloodbath. Uh, this is put out by this... Um, <laughs> I think this is the publisher. It's Puppet Co- Puppet Combo. But um, mm-hmm. they're also a really good follow on Twitter, too. They, they make some really cool stuff. But uh, So it it feels like a game, uh, like a, a an old-school horror game. So, like, if you remember uh, Alone in the Dark, it feels mm-hmm. a lot like that game, where it's like a third-person horror game, kind of like an old Resident Evil, too. But it was giving me more... Uh, what was that? Alone in the Dark vibes. But anyways, uh, the the aesthetic is what drives this game because the gameplay itself is is not super duper engaging, but it's it's all aesthetic. So it looks like a old '90s like slasher flick, down to the point of like right. here's like a grainy film uh that they put over like the the overlay of like the visuals to make it look like an old VHS tape basically. Um, it's just a really 
lo-fi kind of uh, aesthetic to it. And then uh, it's like this, uh, you play a babysitter and then you hear over the radio as you're like, you're exploring this house uh, that you're babysitting, mm-hmm. you turn on a radio and then you'll be playing, you'll be playing that kind of regular music and then cut in like, Oh, an escaped uh, person from a mental institution is on the loose. And <laughs> then that happens. Right. And then like, you know, yeah. blood, bloodshed ensues and all this other stuff. Uh, and it's, you have this like Michael Myers looking guy that will pop out of nowhere and try <laughs> to kill you. And like, it's, it's great. It's it's a, it's a stupid little game that, like I said, if you like that aesthetic, if you like a 90s slasher flick, this is something you can beat in maybe... It took us like an hour or so to play through. Me and Christy played. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was great. It, it was a fun little experience that we both really enjoyed. Um, they make a bunch of other games in that same like vein. Uh, so I, I'm curious to check out some of their other stuff because this one was a, a fun little... Like, hey, instead of watching a movie for a date night let's play this like cheesy kind of game it reminded me a bit of the experience we had playing night trap uh yeah (laughs) where it's just like here's just a shitty horror thing um (gasps) that that's just like oozing with aesthetic that like you that you that you like or more when we attempted to play night trap but couldn't figure out the mechanics so then just watched it (laughs) this this game is more of a video game than night trap is that's for sure (laughs) this is definitely more of a video game uh so a lot of things are more of a video game than night trap that's that's very true that's very true uh and that's uh babysitter bloodbath uh the next game is actually uh i guess this you could call like a storytelling rpg game so it's called house Mm -hmm. uh made by uh, I think it's like Marn S is like the the creator's name or or, or something like that. But um, so like I said, it's a storytelling uh, RPG game where uh, it's about a house. So think like an eldritch horror, ever expanding house. Like um, House of Leaves is a book that's like very uh, evocative of like what they're trying to build uh, with this game. Okay. But it's it's really simple to play. Uh, all you need is a piece of paper, a pen, and, and a deck of cards, and your imagination. Ooh, the um, theater of the mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so Christy and I played this game together, and it was it was just the two of us, and it was actually like suit like a really fun exercise in like improvisation. So like yeah. the way the rules help you like set a stage in like creating the house, creating your characters. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who are you? Why are you at this house? What does this house look like? Is it like an old cabin or is that modern looking house? What kind of neighborhood is it in? Where is it like geographically? Where are we right now? So it asks you a lot of like questions to, to build the house in your mind, in the player's mind. And then it, it helps you improv this story. So mm-hmm. each turn, a player kind of takes a shot at creating a room in the house. So like the way it starts is, you know, your char- your player characters enter the house and you start in this one room. And then from there, you're kind of expanding this house like every turn, kind of. Um, and uh, like a scene plays out in that room too. So it says like, hey, you start in this this living room and then let's say there's like an ever expanding corridor in front of you. Mm-hmm. what scene plays out there and then like what do you see next so okay it's like the way that it works is like um you pull a card the scene is like is colored by the the card that you draw so like the suit is like the emotional core of the scene so okay. something yeah. like like hatred or passion or like you know mm-hmm. things like that like emotional things and then the number on the card is like the premise so things like 
a lie is uncovered or a noise is somewhere or there's a puzzle with so then so like you create these characters in your mind of like okay here's where we're starting but then the game kind of dictates where the story goes a little bit like when me and christy played she played like a rebellious like schoolgirl, and then i played <laughs> like a hard-boiled detective basically um and it was it was a very fun dynamic that like the story like these two characters had like on its face no reason to both be in this place at the same time but through the actions of the card that it took place we we played over like an hour and a half maybe um okay but over the course of that, like it actually came together in a, in a pretty uh, fun way and like satisfying way. Um, a lot of that's going to vary on your imagination and kind of how the, how much of a storyteller you are. But yeah, we had such a fun time playing this game, and it's so simple that you can play it with anybody. Like I would love mm-hmm. for like me, you, uh, Drea, and Christy to play. Like that would be a ton of fun. Hell um, yeah! So, Do you feel like you're able to get like a full game experience in that hour and a half? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it was okay. a fun story, and like you're you're drawing the house as you go too. Like you have that piece of paper, so it's like yeah. our like I we have it. I have it down on note cards, but like you kind of you see these different rooms and how they're building and kind of the shape of the house as you start to like build it, and it, it was really interesting. Like our house ended up being like kind of small, but like. Mm-hmm. lapsed over itself a lot so that like led to like some fucking insanity right like you right like, it's like I, a very like I a walk through, way it's like i walk through this door and i know that this was behind me minutes ago and now i'm back at the <laughs> you know like that kind of stuff uh, that's cool yeah it was it was really fun uh that one's called house uh house it's on itch.io i think you can get it for just like a couple of bucks and it's just a pdf a cure like you know, rules totally yeah. worth it to give the creator the money on that. Uh, it, it's a very fun game. I'm, I'm very excited to cool. play it again. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is just kind of updates on my mainstays. Um, mm-hmm. So hots update may has been uh, and has entered the fray. They have uh, released their first new character in a long time. So it's may from overwatch. I thought this was going to be a nightmare. Uh, I didn't think she was going to be a fun character at all. I wasn't, the way that in my mind that may would turn up in this game is, would be like an assassin and like her toolkit in overwatch kind of leads me to believe that, but they made her a tank in hots. So yeah, she, I saw that. Cause I watched the, um, like the hero spotlight for her. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I, I thought that was a really, um, really smart choice for her and her kit is incredibly fun mm-hmm. it plays like a combination of like johanna and etc without as many of the like hard stuns like she has a lot of like she has stuns but like they they take time to do uh, but she's yeah. in, she's incredibly fun she's like shot up to be like my second favorite hero out of like all heroes in the game Dang. she no yeah. she's incredible she's absolutely incredible way over tuned right now too like she'll get patched and nerfed to shit but like mm-hmm. the the core of the tools that they've given her uh in that she can blind and she has a ton of slows um it it makes for really really fun engaging play at least for me um it, it's great. I, I love it. May. Yeah. That's always fun when like you get like a good CC tank. Yeah. Like even if it's like softer like that, like if it's able to be like sustained and you can really be like an annoyance on the battle yep. battlefield. Yeah. It's always a fun play style. Yeah. It's, it's great. And like, um, 
it just her kit aligns with how I like to play the game very well. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, it just it, it it just happened to work perfectly for me, and I'm and I'm very happy about that. So I haven't been like on the the subreddit very much lately to see how the community is reacting to her. But as like a sample size of one, makes yeah. <laughs> fucking great Blizzard, fantastic job um, as always. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about uh, Smash. New character just dropped yesterday, Min Min. Yeah. Um, I have yet to play her, but after we're done with the podcast here, we will be jumping on and playing a bunch of Smash. I'm super excited for it. Um, the other thing that's really great about this uh, recent patch and new character is balance changes, and literally all of my characters got buffed. Kirby, Pit, Incineroar, fucking <laughs> Everybody, bro. Everybody's here. It's great. There we go. I'm You're s- gonna start shooting up in the rankings. Oh now. my god, elite, the- elite in no time for all of them. I see all these like people talking about. Oh man, like these Falco changes are really cool, and uh, and this and that, and like all this, all this little stuff. And I'm looking at these Incineroar and Kirby changes, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm probably like the only guy who's like really sticking with these characters. And it's like, yeah. I, this is gonna be great. I can't wait. Like some of the, like there's some very specific changes they made to Kirby that like, I'm already theory crafting. Like, Oh my God, like I'll be able to do so much cool shit with this. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, very excited for that. So smash brothers continues to be great. Good game. Good games. Still good. Good games. Good games are still good. (laughs) It's it's true. It's true. That's the, that's the like subtitle of our podcast. Like good games are still good. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Bad games are still bad. (laughs) It's true. Speaking of good and bad games, I wonder what our opinion is going to be. <laughs> I wonder what the opinion is going to be of this next game, of the title episode uh, for this episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Uh, we played Tamba. Tamba. No, re- no reaction from you on that. Zero. <laughs> it's like, hey. Tamba. <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, we play Tamba for our episode. We are going to take a quick break, then come back and start talking about Tamba. Getting getting Tamba with Tom. Tamba's not a. The tambourine. There you go. Play that tambourine. <laughs> there we go. All right. We'll be right back, folks. See ya. <laughs> Hey everybody, Jake here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Hey, I Like That Game. If you have a question or a recommendation for Tony and I, you can reach us on our email address, which is heyilikethatgame at gmail.com. You can tweet me at likethatgame, or you can find our Facebook page, which is the Hey, I Like That Game podcast. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. And we're back! Welcome back to Hey, I Like That Game. Today, we are talking about Tamba. I don't know, Jake, you can't see me right now, unfortunately. But you can see me, though. The stream can see, and <laughs> everybody needs to come check out this episode on the stream, because it's it's great. But the I am wearing Tamba-like colors. I have the, the pink... Handkerchief oh, for the uh, for the hair. I got a green shirt on for his his trunks. Tamba fever, got it. I've got it. Tamba. So got Tamba fever. I got ta- got Tamba fever. Uh, so 
So yeah, we're talking about Tamba. This is my pick. Uh, Tamba is a PlayStation 1. We're going to call it a 2D slash 3D uh, platformer. 2.5D, if you will. 2.5D platformer slash adventure game um, that has some slight Metroidvania elements in there. Uh, Released in 1998, for the PlayStation 1, like I said, it has been re-released on a couple different consoles. I think it had a uh, release on PS3. Uh, it was a, uh, it's like a PlayStation Classic um, title. In this game, you play as Tamba, of course, who is a pink-haired caveman-like figure with very limited communication skills. Um, and he is after the seven evil pigs who stole his grandfather's bracelet for some reason. Um, and so they love gold because they, because they're, because, because we need a reason. Um, and, uh, so then you set out to find and capture these evil pigs, uh, while helping, you know, the various characters that inhabit this, this world that Tamba is in. Um, Jake, Tell me some initial thoughts of, of Tamba. You, you had never heard of this game, right? You, you I had, had never heard of this game before. So I told Drea, like, oh, we're playing Tamba. She's mm-hmm. like, wait, is that like the pink-haired caveman game? It's like, wait, you know this game? And I didn't know this game? Yes, Drea knows what's out, up. Her dad bought her and her brother a bootleg copy of this game (laughs) on a military base because he was in the navy and they like played this when they were younger i (laughs) love it that's a wild connection in my like personal life to tamba but no i had never played this game never heard this game this character yeah nothing just came up empty it's so funny because like um it it's gotta be like an age difference thing because this game reminds me a lot of my experience with uh, Goman's Great Adventure, where like mm-hmm. this box art is like burned in my brain. Like I I <laughs> recognize like this art style, these characters, that font, those colors, like all of that is like like a part of me somewhere. Um, and I remember playing this game as a kid this is another one of those things just like goman's great adventure where i saw it at a blockbuster or or maybe i saw like the old school 90s like print ads for this game you know because it has so much mm. attitude um <laughs> i remember seeing that stuff i like bought in right away i was like yep i'm all in on this and and replaying this game it's like oh yeah i remember a lot of it but there's a lot i totally forgot about and i'll tell you what i never got nearly as far as i did uh as a kid as i did through this playthrough uh of the mm-hmm. game like i i don't think i ever got past like phoenix mountain as a kid or at least that's what i, I don't remember I, any of that i, I can see why <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so like it this was definitely a blast for the past for the first like couple of hours and then it was like oh yeah there's all this other stuff too um like newer stuff that i never remembered before so it was this was like again one of those like perfect games for this show where it's like yeah i kind of remember that i kind of remember that game like it's it's worth checking out again um so in terms of like um the overall like tone and like aesthetic of this game since like that's like one of my favorite parts of this like we'll talk about gameplay and all that stuff but like i this game's an aesthetic to me um and it's the tone is very lighthearted. it's kind of like um if it's kind of like a uh, Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door, where this is like 
light-hearted, punchy kind of dialogue and, like, character design and stuff like that. It's very light-hearted, breath of fresh air kind of stuff. Like, very vibrant colors. It has, like, a Nintendo-like aesthetic to it, which I really, really like. Um, you know, maybe... <laughs> Maybe it's the world we live in right now or the dreariness of Seattle at times, but like I found myself really loving all the bright colors and the fantastical elements of this game. And like I said, like that that could be nostalgia from when I was a kid and it could be like the time we're living in right now, but like the vibe of this game is like what I'm all about. Absolutely. Um also, this game has a anime opening, which I'm all about. Oh, yeah. Very anime opening. Very... Same thing with, like, Mega Man. Mega Man 5, was that the one we played? No, we played 8. Uh, but eight. That, also, that also had anime in there. I'm starting to see a theme. Uh, I'm, yeah, I think you might have played a lot of the same kind of games when you were younger. <laughs> no way, man. I'm not. <laughs> it's just, it's dumb. Um, but, uh but yeah, like, what what are your thoughts, Jake, on like how this game looks and like the atmosphere of it? It is definitely a very unique aesthetic. Um, it has that vibe of like PlayStation One and like N sixty four games, where it was just like the cusp of three D. Mm -hmm. So it's mostly like two D stuff, but there's um some like you know with the parallax with the background, you can go into the background. Yeah. But it has very vibrant colors that pop, very distinct environments mm -hmm. uh that are very colorful and have like these wild fantastical elements uh one of the earlier things that kind of like comes into my mind is the like the mushroom area yep which uh just it's got these like wild crazy like laughing mushrooms that like go up and down uh like the platforms move up and down based on like which effect you have active yeah uh, whether you're like laughing or like sad which are and it, it's it looks good. I like the way it looks. It's certainly a very colorful, neat game. And it's not leaning so far into like 3D graphics where it looks bad like some games of that time do. It still sort of like sits in its in its like technology area. I don't know if that's like the right phrase, but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't strive too far. It doesn't go for like realistic graphics. Like yeah. it's like a golden eye does. It's it's very um, it's very well designed from a visual standpoint, much like, like I, I made the, the comparison to Nintendo games earlier. It's like, that's what it is. It's like the, those Nintendo games, uh, you know, are basically like all like Mario games or like a Star Fox game. Like they're, they're very designed visually forward. And it's like stuff that like really stands the test of time. Maybe Star Fox was a good example for that. But like some of the, like the Mario games, like our like Mario 3 still looks cool today because it's just a well visually designed game and I feel like this game is is very much like that where mm -hmm. you don't get into these uh problems with like oh the 3D models look like shit because you have these fantastically designed characters that like it doesn't matter even if they're like a little bit obscure. Like some of the, the evil pigs, they some look better than others, but yeah. it's like, even still like the bad ones look okay because they're, they're like nice sprites, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like solid sprite work. It has some of that, um, I almost call it like Donkey Kong country sort of weird character models sometimes. Yeah. Um, that move very robotically, but just like on a, like a static image or even some of the game in motion, Looks good. Looks yeah. solid. Really Looks... cool personality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
I really like a lot of the, uh, the characters in this game, like the random NPCs that you meet throughout the world, like the, the, the unique characters that like inhabit this world. Um, I, I like all of that too. You know, you have the one village where all the people have been turned into mice uh, and then <laughs> you transform them back into humans and that's fun. And like the dwarfs don't really look like dwarfs too much, but they have like a nice simple, yeah, same size as you. Yeah, I know. It's very weird. Um, but they have like a nice simple design to them. Later on, when you get to the, the jungle, some of those characters are cool. The the old men of the game are are fun and like interesting. And it's like this game does a really hilarious thing in my mind, where you start with meeting the hundred year old man, and then you yep. meet oh, the yeah. thousand year old man, and then you meet <laughs> the ten thousand year old man, and then finally they skip one but they get you to the million year old man and it the design of each one of those characters is like a nice escalation it's like their beard gets a little longer their staff gets a little bit more magical looking like it's it's such a dumb joke but that's like a hundred percent my humor it's just like it's a hundred percent my humor it's so stupid Mm. i love it i love it um so we've been talking a lot about the aesthetics of this game. Let's talk about how this game plays. So um, this game was created by um, Takuro Fujiara, who is he, he's like the brains behind the Ghosts and Goblins games. So like he had a lot of really um, kind of interesting stuff in his background. He had Ghouls and Goblins, Commando, Bionic Commando. Um, he did some of the stuff on Mega Man and a little bit on Resident Evil. So, like, this guy's got a pedigree, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the game itself, like we said, it plays like a, a platformer a lot of time. But I, I would also say it's like an action or adventure game as well. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. A lot of um, aspects of needing to progress and complete side quests. So many side quests. 130 and... of them honestly jeez yeah i don't lot. doubt it <laughs> there's a lot so like the main loop of this game is you enter a level which is like an explorable level uh, explorable area pretty big for the most part uh you'll find events as you're exploring those levels either by talking to people running into like immovable objects or a lot of different random ways you can get events um so you get these events and then you try to puzzle out how to complete those events. Some of them you'll be able to complete right away. Others you'll have to, they'll be in your backlog for a while. You have to come back and figure them out later. Uh, some of them are really straightforward. Like one of my favorite quests in this game called Charles pants, uh, where you just need to, you just need to get some new pants for our monkey friend, Charles. Uh, yep. but then there's some other ones that are like tougher to figure out. Um, there's one off the top of my head that uh, I'm remembering. It's called uh, The Troubled Thief. Uh, and, like, that's just, like, a backtracking mission. It's like you you go in this area, you talk to this thief, and then you just kind of walk between loading screens a bunch of times to complete it. Um, yeah, I remember, I remember stuff like that. Yeah, like, there's a... I like a lot about this game, but, like, some of these events are just terrible terribly designed like just not and they it it doesn't tell you how you might be able to solve it It, it's like a lot like a like an old like lucas art point and click adventure game where sometimes the solution is just completely baffling you would have no idea to expect that's what you need to look for 
Yeah, a hundred percent. That's why I call this game an adventure game because it because it is that. I uh, the same thing came to my mind like the Lucas Arts or Sierra era of like adventure games where you'll get items, you'll get like random things. You're like, well, what the f-? like? What do I do with this? And then you'll find out later, say, oh, I, I bet I could give this person this item, or like, I, I wonder. And then it's like, oh yeah, it right. totally worked. Like, oh, that's dumb. What's gonna um, happen there if I do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I, it's very easy to feel stuck in this game. Very, very easy oh. to feel stuff. There's there's not a lot of help in terms of like go here to here to here to to do X. Um the map is really shit and like the like you said, the event um text that they we have like there's like a, a quest log and event list that they it tells you nothing. Yeah, it usually doesn't tell you shit. Um no. But like I said, the map the map is garbage. It it doesn't help you at all. It's hard to even see things on the map or hard to understand how do I go from point A to point B to, to complete this this quest. Um Where it even is point B. Right, exactly it's it's hard. It's really hard to get your bearings in this game early on. Um you really need to have an FAQ open to Yes, absolutely. To, I, I I feel like if you're gonna get through this game as like a working adult and you're not like a kid that has all this time on your hands to just sit and like puzzle through a game. Um, mm-hmm. You have to, you have to play by fact. Uh, like there's yeah. no, you need, you need to do it. Um, it's so opaque. So I've played like about, I think like 90 minutes to two hours of this game. Um, and then I shut my computer down and I forgot that I didn't save my state in the emulator so i had like two hours of progress i had to redo and i was so upset but knowing what i had to do to progress it took me 20 minutes to get to where i was like i spent so much time just dicking around because this game doesn't tell you anything i didn't know what to do and then there are points later in the game where like i need to refer to the faq how to do this quest and it's like in order to do this quest first complete this quest like okay first complete this quest okay let me find out first complete this quest it's like i've like it's like a russian nesting doll of like you need to do this thing to do that thing that i didn't even find number one in that like chain of things i needed to do yeah yeah it's it's tough it's it really is it's one of those games where if you know then you could speed run through this game in a couple hours i feel like uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe like four hours, like maybe four or five hours. Like if you really know where you're going and kind of mainlining stuff and not doing all the side optional stuff. Um, but yeah, I spent a ton of time in this game, like a, a lot of time. Uh, and I, and I will be a hundred percent honest. Like I didn't finish before the end of this, uh, or, or before we had to record this. Uh, and I watched, I watched the ending on it. It's like, Oh, it's just another evil pig. It's okay. Not, not, not yeah. a big deal. Like not, no game breaking or game changing stuff at the end of this game. So I, I don't feel bad about not finishing. No, it. I didn't, I didn't finish it either. Like yeah. I think after the like third or fourth pig, I'm just like, these are all, these are all the same. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. But the, um, the way that the game kind of combines, it's really basic elements of like, you have a jump, you have like a basic tool and then you have like a run. Like those are kind mm-hmm. of like your, your three things that you have. And with that really basic toolkit and be, and like giving you upgrades and stuff like that to those different items and, and, and basic tools that do different things. Um, I, I really like the, the platforming they created with those tools, you know, like 
it's not like you can run through the levels and just hit every enemy and like kill them in one hit. It's like, for the most part, your tool is going to stun an enemy. And if you're trying to kill something, mm-hmm. you have to like jump onto them. And Tombo does this awesome animation of like jumping on the back of them, like biting them on the face. <laughs> and then like, we'll, we'll like overhand throw people, which is, yeah, it's, that's kind of like the signature move of Tomba is you like jump on them, kind of like, mount them for lack of a better word and then do like a front flip and toss them yeah it's great it's it's great and like the like the fluidity of like the run to the jump to like catching a branch and doing like a a, an upside down swing on it and like the momentum of that all of that felt really good to me like i i really liked trying to figure out like the best ways to move quickly through these areas because you're, you're backtracking a lot. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. times where you're retreading the same areas of a level, especially early on in the game. You go through those early areas. A lot of times where you're still trying to figure out your bearings and get your bearings. And I really liked the, the speed running of those type of things, like figuring out the good lines to go on, like, Oh, I can jump onto this guy, flip him and then move to the next guy. And then, you know, hit my grapple onto this and then swing, you know, like once you get to the lava caves and that, which is like maybe like two or three hours into the game, if you kind of know what you're doing. Um, (laughs) There's a section in there that I had a ton of fun mechanically playing the game, like the platforming of it, the momentum of your swings. and, And like I said, the grapples, uh, the grappling hooks, like it, it all felt really good there, but some areas are better than others. You know, like the, the Phoenix mountain is, can be a lot of fun, but there's also this annoying wind through a majority of the game that makes it really hard to traverse through that area, you know? Um, right. There were times where I think I, I got like stuck because I mean, this is another problem I'll get to a bit later, but it's, always very difficult to figure out where exactly you need to go when you enter a new area yeah so in this they have the wind blowing all the way or like blowing really hard to screen right and also at the sorry that's another tangent i want to get off real quick but like uh they have it going to the right so moving to the left is very difficult and there's also these little like spring traps that are in the screen or in the in the stage that you can't see but pop up so if you're trying to go left and you come to a spring trap and then you have to like jump over it, but you don't know where exactly it is. And since you move so slowly that way, it's like, so it's like, it's like frame perfect timing to try to get those jumps over it. And I have found out later that you can go all the way down to the Phoenix mountain and like move to the next area. But when you first get onto it, there are two NPCs that come up and they're like, whoa, man, this is really tough. Like, you really shouldn't go there, buddy. You're not ready yet. Which in video game language tells you, okay, you need to get another item or something first, or you need to unlock something. Right. But I thought like, fuck it, I'll I'll try a little bit and then then I'll maybe turn back when I get to the the area that I stop at. So like I did that and it took me so far, so long to get back down. And then I open up a guide and it's like, oh no, you're supposed to go down that way. I was like, you just told me not to video game. Like you just told me that I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. There are some bad pathings in this game Mm -hmm. for sure. There's some, like they got that, that one I meant, the event I mentioned earlier, the troubled thief, like it's a, it's a terribly path quest because sometimes in towns in a, for no reason, seemingly there's a load and like the loads, the loads are very long. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're going between these screens just basically to talk to, like, one NPC or, like, do one thing to keep the quest going. And you have to sit through that load a couple times. And it's, and it's like, 
when I'm looking at the guide, it's telling me to go here, then go over here, then over here. And like, oh, go back to where you just came from. And that's like, I never think to go back to where I came from unless it's like specifically telling me to do so. And the game like yeah. chooses not to do that, you know? And it's just like, well, what the fuck? You know, it's just, it's just like you said mm-hmm. before, like in those old adventure games, if you know, use a piece of cheese on this to open this door. Like if you know, <laughs> if you know the, the route, if you know what you have to do, it's super mm-hmm. easy and fast. But if you're trying to puzzle through it, it could be a nightmare at times. It'd be an absolute yes. nightmare. Yeah. But like, yeah. And no, go ahead. So, and also like with the pathing on that, so like a, a big thing of Metroidvania games or even like adventure games um, of, of that time is there's always a, there's usually like in the good ones, there's a sense of, oh, there's a thing that like I need to unlock a way to get down there later. But like, I'll remember it because it's like very predominantly placed. Or, like, you see something in the distance and you're like, oh, I want to check that out. But the way the framing works on this is there's no sort of, oh, I want to check that out. And since there's not a whole lot of different traversal tools that you unlock through this, there's no real natural barriers like that. Like, you might, you might see in, like, a Metroid game where once you get the missiles, you can open this door. Yeah. But, you like, you see that door before you have missiles. So it's, like, in your brain and it gives you something to get excited about. Yeah. So I don't think it really succeeds well in doing that sense of exploration that you see in a adventure game or a metroidvania and it just ends up sort of being a platformer with side quests <laughs> I, I i definitely see where you're coming from there and i feel like this game there's a moment there was two moments for me that like propelled me through this and if i didn't have those moments i feel like i would have been in have the very same opinion of yours like i had a really fun time the first time I got to Phoenix Mountain, competing with that wind. And and like I said, I do these like big jumps and like I'm trying to speed run through these levels. And like mm-hmm. I found like a very enjoyable loop going through the Phoenix Mountains. Like I could do it with my eyes closed at one point. And it was just fun to perform. And I liked that. Um, so that was a moment. And then uh, in the Haunted uh, Mansion, I started like I got really so haunted mansion fucking sucks because you have to kind of like move or it's a 3d uh completely 3d uh like pyramid and you have to Mm kind of move around the sides of it and it's it's not very intuitive where you can turn and like how how you like get into the background like that it doesn't make a lot of things clear there but kind of once i figured that out i was zipping around there super fast um having a really good time with it. So it's like, there's a lot of moments where it's like, I could see this as a barrier for some people. If they can't push through that, then they're not going to get to the good stuff. And that's bad game design, right? That's bad. Like you, you want to minimize that stuff as much as possible. But like, I enjoyed a lot more of the game because I was able to, to have some really fun moments while I was on that quest to just kind of like figure stuff out early on in the game. So I can totally mm-hmm. see where you're coming from uh, on that. But yeah, um, I can I can see where you're coming from, where there are a lot of times where once you've maybe been through an area several times, or if you're just like really in a good flow state, the platforming is pretty snappy in almost like a way that it feels uh, like, like a Sonic game, where once you really get going in that game, it feels very satisfying. Right. That does happen, but there's just a lot of that kind of bad game design that makes it really difficult to achieve that. But 
I don't know. I, I calling it a bad game design might be a bit overreaching. There are at times where like the difficulty of it makes it harder to achieve. But when you are able to make it happen, it's fun. But when something like kind of knocks you out of it, that sucks. I guess. I, I mean, that's video games. <laughs> some of the interesting stuff that I that why I am very cautious to call it a Metroidvania is because there are a lot of things in this game that you can get to without having all of these items like you can get this mm -hmm. uh like parasol yeah. that you can put on your back to give you these really lofty jumps and you don't necessarily need to use that item like you need it to get to a couple different locations that will you know keep the progress of the game moving forward but you have that for the rest of the game you can choose to use it or not i chose to not use it a lot of times but then when i was watching you know other people play the game speedrunners and other stuff like oh they some of them use that at weird spots where I never really thought to that will help you get to things earlier or or like, hey, if you do this really nice series of jumps and good uh, good use of your momentum on like swinging sections, you can get to this before um, you have an item that's going to make it really easy to get to that. You know, like I, right. I like that. I, I like how that's a little bit more open in terms of design, but because of that type of design, it makes it, you get a lot of negatives because of that too. Then you get a lot of weird pathing stuff where you could be like, oh, I have all the stuff for the quest that's two steps past this one. You know, like weird sequence breaking stuff like that. That mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate about the game. But I don't, I would rather it be more open and more focused on like precise controls and like fun, like fun controls than to have a straight line path through the game, you know? Um, mm -hmm. A couple of like random things that I really liked about this game. Um, it, again, this game's very tongue in cheek and like weird and funny. Like there's an early yeah. part of this game where you open a mailbox and, a, and you collect a tornado <laughs> that comes out of it. Like one, a, a usable item is a tornado that you pulled out of the mailbox. Like what the fuck is going on here? Um, there's a there's a part where you're getting these little baby chicks and Tomba stores the chicks in his mouth. So like at the end of the quest where you're like, Oh, like save the baby chicks. He just goes, bah, and they just fall out of his mouth. And it's yeah. like, it's hilarious. It's so funny. It's like, and like, I didn't see that coming at all. It was just like, that's just super weird. And it like only happens in like that one scene of the game. So it's like, right. They, animated this whole thing just for this moment and i love it i'm like all about it uh it's just like it's super goofy the way that you learn the dwarf language is by jumping on dwarfs and biting their heads it's like that's how you like absorb the language yeah. somehow it's, it's so stupid it's so stupid but like it, it's great and like you talked about this before the um I think it's called like the hundred flower forest or something like that with the laughing yeah. and crying flowers. It's so surreal because you mm -hmm. have the, the flowers are in the background and they almost have like clown like faces. Very um, yes. like imagine, imagine like the, um, you know, like the two masks that you see for like the theater, right? Like the crying oh, face. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what their faces are like. Very, just like uh, very detailed expressions on their faces. And when you pick up a certain mushroom, they start laughing and they, mm -hmm. 
you hear these like belly laughs in the background, like, <laughs> and then like you start to laugh uncontrollably too, as like a player character that you have to use as kind of a mechanic later in the game, I guess, to, like open little side questy stuff. But like, it's so dreamlike uh, in that mm-hmm. area. It's such a weird, weird thing. And like the crying, like then the, the, then the plants are just have this really sad look. And then you start to cry to the point where, you'll randomly start crying while you're running and then you start like wailing your arms like this. You're like, Ooh! right. It's like a status debuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which like ends up fucking up your traversal at times. Like I'll be like so running. Much. Yeah. It's that part sucks. Like I love mm-hmm. the laughing and crying mushrooms as like an idea, but like if you don't know how to cure it and you don't know how to get to the, like to the quest line to give you the, um, infinite usage of this one mushroom that clears that status from you if you don't get to that point fast it's incredibly frustrating like another Mm -hmm. thing that is is kind of hard to get to but is like necessary for this game is baron it's like this cute little dog that flies so like so it acts as like a fast like an unlimited use fast travel for you you have these uh i think they're called charity wings. charity wings yeah you have charity wings that do the same thing earlier in the game that they give you a lot of so it's um you get to use it liberally but but even still you get this point where you get baron which is which is so cute i love baron he's great like dumbo the dog <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's great it's it's that like jumps onto your back and like just hangs out with you um mm-hmm. but uh it takes you a long time to to get to at least it took me a long time to get to baron and it's like yeah, same. man if i if i could have got that sooner this would have been way easier um so there's just stuff like that but like i don't know all of the fun stuff of this game really outweighs the bad stuff to me like I will usually kill a game because the menu systems are shit and the the map is garbage, but it's like this game made me belly laugh a handful of times and like it's just the the colors and the ambiance, the aesthetic of this game uh outside of the music. Fuck the music in this game. Oh, the, the music, music is so bad. Yeah. Just did not play with any sound on after after yeah. like 30 minutes. And it gets really monotonous and like grinding after a while. It, yeah, so it's like it's like a 10 second loop sounds yeah. like it's yes. really what it feels like yeah some areas are better than others obviously but like other than that one piece of the aesthetic uh it's it's great it's just oozing with it i i love that um and like i love tomba's design he's like such a happy interesting looking character that's got like really cool animations I th- like i said i think that like evil pigs are kind of cool looking um yeah um well, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm, I don't really know what you're going to give this game. You don't know what I'm going to give this game. Uh, you're so like, I, I thought, I thought I got it figured out, but then you just gave that last little spiel where you're saying that the, 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 the fun parts of it this, outweighed the bad parts of it for you. So this, I'm this, not sure anymore. This was one of the harder decisions I came to. And honestly, I switched back and forth numerous times um, in the first couple hours of this game it was definitely a hey i don't like this game and then once i kind of got more used to the controls and like kind of back in the flow of tomba again i was like oh dude i'm liking it and then like i hit a couple of quests that was just like oh this fucking frustrating and i was hey i don't like and now it's i'm a hey i like this game tomba hey i like this game it's um it's definitely it's a it's a weird one. It's a it's a really weird one because like I said, there are things about this game that I would 
crush if it was something else. If like other factors of this game were worse, then I would unload on this game and say it's like, and say it's a hey, I don't like this game. But like I said, I think the good outweighs the bad, and I think this is a fun game, especially a fun game to play if you've got a couple hours to kill and you like and you like retro platforming games like this is one to try so this is a hey i hey i like that game i think i already know what you're gonna say i'm pretty sure i know what you're gonna so say. so i kind of had an inverse experience from you when i first started this game it was a hey i like that game mm. where i like the the aesthetic of it i thought it was uh one of the more genuinely funny games that we've played and it's very hard for games to be genuinely funny yeah um especially when they're trying to be like especially with modern games when they try to be funny it just comes across as cringe yep but uh, it, these this had like some actually like funny jokes like the birds being stored in the stomach i thought that was pretty pretty damn funny yeah but then playing the game more and running into all these different pointless side quests that just kind of padded it out the difficulty of navigating the world like the traversal was all right but the navigation was so in- impossible and that um sort of signature move that tamba has where you don't just like jump on the you know jump on the goomba to kill them but you hop on then you can do another jump and fling them off like that seemed like it was really open to being used in fun traversal and fun fight ways but it doesn't they don't really do anything with it and it just got very frustrating and very repetitive and i stopped having fun when i played it um and then i just stopped playing it because i like i just wish they were able i wish they did just like a a bit more like they just dropped a bunch of those useless side quests and maybe tuned it a bit more added some more engaging jump puzzles that utilize that tossing mechanic had a little bit of diversity with the boss fights yeah it was it's definitely cool it's definitely a very interesting game one i'm very glad i tried but just wasn't just didn't really it started out well but just didn't keep keep for me so i gotta give this one a hey i don't like this game i we are at the exact same point with this game and i feel yeah. like it's, <laughs> i feel like it's i feel like it's um just our internal biases that put us to one quarter or one one section or the other or like one one choice or the other um but that's fine like that's that's the point of this thing like this this game hits so many of the aesthetic with like wins for me there's so many of it like just just look at that co- look at the cover at the top of your screen there like <laughs> that color palette is like what I want my life to be. Like that is it. I love it. It's so good mm-hmm. looking. And just uh yeah, it being like a very fun game to play at times. I totally get all of your um critiques, but yeah, it's this is a fun game that's going to frustrate the fuck out of you and maybe <laughs> and maybe you're going to love it. Like that's I think that's I think that's where this game's at. Or you're going to fucking hate it. It's, it's it's tough. This guy's... I don't. I don't know if you could hate it. I mean, there are times when I felt like I hated it, but like as a full game, no. It's it's got too much. It's got too much love inside of it to be hated. Yeah. And so this was followed up by a sequel. There is a Tomba two. Um, I don't remember if that was better than this one or not. I can't. I remember playing it, but I remember it's very like very similar in structure. Um, mm-hmm. I, this is a series that like. 
I would love to see this character again. I don't know if I need a Tomba 3. I don't know if I need a Tomba remake. But, like, I love this character. I want this character to come back. But Next Smash Bros. character. Dude, that would never happen. <laughs> Just give it, like, a me brawler skin. But, like, here's the thing. I never thought Terry Bogart was going to happen either. But look where the fuck we're at right now. It, the world is crazy. <laughs> Free Tomba. That's what I, that's free tomba. <laughs> Hashtag free tomba. <laughs> this is fucking dumb. Yeah, definitely, definitely a very interesting, interesting game. You always, you pull out the more obscure games, for sure. And it's uh, been a good way for me to expand my dif- uh, my library of games I have played because it's stuff I never heard of, never would think to play. So I appreciate that. I got to play this. Yeah, yeah. You can you can just be it's safe to assume the game employs anime at any facet. I'm in. This <laughs> we're gonna play. We're gonna play for the show. <laughs> that's that's kind of where we're at. An anime cutscene that opens this like weird flimsy plot. Hell yeah, let's go. They stole his armband. We gotta kill them all. <laughs> Remember a stall? Same thing, bro. Same fucking yeah. thing. It's yep, the same yep. thing. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's get away from your weird obscure games and ooh. my maybe obscure games. So I'm gonna give you a choice between genres. Ooh, so I we love when I get choice. We can play a sports game, or we can play a I'm gonna say strategy military shooter. Can I can I ask a question? Yes. Is this a traditional sport or like a non-traditional sport? It is a traditional sport. Fuck, man. Um, but it's, it's not. It's not just like pure traditional. Like you, I mean, okay, okay, no, 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 it, I got. We're like, gonna play like Madden 05. Like there's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, that's never gonna happen. If you if you guys want to guys want to hear <laughs> if you guys want to hear that one, you're shit out of luck. Uh, right. <laughs> um, let's go with this. You know, pandemic quarantine time there hasn't been a lot of sports outside of esports let, let's do let's do a sports game hell yeah okay we are going to play tech mobile oh tech mobile yeah <laughs> it is on the nes library on the switch and i absolutely 100 percent want to play that game okay um we can actually play we can play against each other too i'm pretty sure yeah, we can. <laughs> oh my god, we'll we'll have to do that, and then may- maybe this is what we'll do for the next episode. We'll do um, we'll play like a game live, and then do a podcast, or or vice versa, like however we uh, how we shoot it. But yeah, that that'll be fun. Nice. All right, Tecmo yeah. Bowl, original Tecmo Bowl, NES. What year is that? Is that that's like that's got to be like oh, 80, 87 maybe. All I know is that some of the like some of the international sports games on the NES still have the USSR, so it's that old. <laughs> yeah! It's so good! <laughs> so tune right. in next time for Tech Mobile. Yes. Oh, hey, I like that game. Yes, yes, so... The um, podcast, the stream. <laughs> the podcast, the stream, the everything, the media experience. That's what I call it. Uh, follow us on uh, at like that game on Twitter. On Facebook, you can find us at uh, Hey, I Like That Game Podcast. Uh, obviously, if you're already watching on Twitch, uh, hi there. You've already found us. But uh, if, you, 
But if you're listening to this, uh, we are at Hey, I Like That Game, all one word, at Twitch or at yeah, at Twitch tv uh where we stream monday tuesday and thursdays traditionally uh jake this was really fun first live episode in the books i think it went well i think so too i had a good time with it all right everybody uh thanks for watching and listening uh and as always live life passionately love each other unconditionally and play video games peace out everybody Hey there, folks. Tony here. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. If you like the show, consider dropping us a rating and review on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. You know, every little bit helps. Uh, we are also streaming regularly on Twitch now. Uh, come hang out and join in on the nonsense live Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays every week with a bonus uh, stream tossed in there for good measure every once in a while. Make sure to hit that follow button on the Twitch channel to join the Coops Club. Love you all. Bye.